Hello, and welcome to the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's podcast, Wonks at Work. I'm Craig Wilson, your host, a self-declared wonk, dad of two boys, native Arkansan, and I've been the health policy director at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement for more than a decade. On this show, we aim to demystify, boil down, and unwonk, if you will, complex topics so that you can understand how the healthcare system is working or not working for you. On our 11th episode, we're going to be talking about crisis stabilization units, or CSUs. Now, CSUs are 16-bed medical facilities operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week, providing medical assessment, stabilization, and disposition planning for individuals who would otherwise be jailed. CSUs have the capacity to serve about 2,000 nonviolent offenders annually. As part of a broader criminal justice reform effort in 2017, the Arkansas General Assembly authorized counties to establish CSUs, and four counties, Pulaski, Craighead, Washington, and Sebastian counties, were subsequently approved to establish a CSU and were provided with some seed funding to get started. Now, the Pulaski and Sebastian County CSUs have been in operation for more than two years, and we at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement have actually had the opportunity to work with Pulaski and Sebastian County to do some data analyses. Now, what we found when we looked at medical claims data was that about one-third of people who had been jailed in a single-year study period had previously been diagnosed with a serious mental illness. And of those who had been jailed three or more times, about 40% had been diagnosed with a serious mental illness as well. For those with a serious mental illness and three or more jail bookings, about 20% had six or more emergency department visits in a single year. And one person had 51 emergency department visits. That's a lot of medical care and expense. So, The hope with the CSUs is that treatment there can curb both future incarceration and reduce unnecessary healthcare utilization. When we looked at patients who had been treated at a CSU, their jail bookings decreased by about 28%. And while the findings on medical utilization following a CSU stay were mixed, it was very clear that for those with a mental illness, the CSU was a much better place to be than the jail. So, here to talk with us today about the UAMS Pulaski County CSU is Dr. Lisa Evans, who is a psychologist and the Pulaski County CSU program director. She got her bachelor's in psychology from the University of North Texas and two masters, one in counseling psychology from Rutgers and one in clinical psychology from Indiana University, Purdue University in Indianapolis. It's also known by the catchy acronym IUPUI, (laughs) and her PhD in clinical psychology as well from IUPUI. It's good to see you, Dr. Evans, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Great. So before we get into the more serious stuff, I have to know, how do you take a mental break from being Dr. Evans and just focus on Lisa? So I do a couple of things. Um, 
I love to spend time with my kids, of course, <laughs> maybe more than they want to spend time with me. Um, and I also love to mountain bike. I'm a big mountain oh, biker. Love some to, great trails around uh, here. Yes, the trails are being built out all over Arkansas, and they're fantastic. So That's I great. love a good ride That's all weekend. a good time to do it, except for the pollen. Oh, my It goodness. is, but, you know, if you're wearing a mask, you, right. the pollen's not so bad. <laughs> good call. Yeah. Good call. So I asked this of all of our wonky guests. What would you say is your theme song? So uh, there's a song called Formation by the Queen Beyonce. And it's a little bit of a girl power song, so I'm into that. <laughs> and also... Um, I, I kind of feel like I'm always sort of fighting a fight, uh, and, I, and I like that. You know, we yeah. do hard things as a crisis unit, and all my career I've kind of done some things that are maybe not always seen as easy or fun, um, but uh, it's a good song sort of in the morning to get you That's going great. and know you're going to do some tough things, and, and uh, hopefully you can help some people while you're What's, what's doing a day that? without a good challenge, right? Right on. Right. We get some of those. <laughs> <laughs> so would you just give us an idea of what a day of operation looks like for the CSU? And I know there are probably no normal days. <laughs> right. <laughs> there are not. And that is one thing I love about it, that there's no two days the same. Um, and I wish that everyone could come and see what happens there. But you can't because we have some uh, laws to follow called right. HIPAA, and yeah. then we have confidentiality. But I would love it if everybody could come and see what our staff do every day to help people. They're really hard to help who have yeah. really been through some tough times. So in a day's work, um, we might see an uh, officer come up on our porch with somebody who they found out um, doing something maybe in the street wandering or uh, maybe looking odd or talking to themselves or um, they might bring them right up to our door and we'll admit them with just two or three minutes and get them tucked in with some good food and um, kind of get to know them to well, figure they can out. get well, in that quick, two to three uh, minutes. Yep, we, we get them triaged really quickly. The nurses are super fast at making sure they're medically stable for us and getting that officer back out on their way so they can go do the real work that they came to do, which is fight crime. Now, you, you guys don't admit folks with substance we use. sure do. do? Yeah. Okay. yeah. A lot of people that come to the CSU also have substance misuse issues. Um, and we even can do detox and that kind of thing. And okay. a lot of what we do really is get people connected with rehab who and often people will have sure. a major mental illness and also sometimes a substance use issue. Okay. Absolutely. Sure. So we get people triage in the door who are brought by an officer or maybe sent over by the ER. Uh -huh. um, we are able to admit people from anywhere. People are still often very justice involved. They've been right. in jail or yeah. coming out of jail or were arrested five days ago. They may not always be brought by a law enforcement officer, but they were most likely justice involved or at uh -huh. risk for being justice involved, um, as you probably found from some of the data that you looked at. Yeah. So uh, we might do some admissions. We'll definitely do some discharge where we're getting people out the door to go to rehab or to uh, maybe a residential care facility if they were unhoused uh, or back to family. And sometimes we do have to discharge people to shelters. So mm -hmm. we'll get some people discharging out the door. Well, certainly you would see some groups being run to help people 
uh, come up with very specific goals for the recovery and help get them on their way towards recovery. We've got lots of different people there, providers, people prescribing medications, social workers, making phone calls. We're getting people Medicaid applications. So lots going on, passing out medications, helping with detox. (laughs) We've got people on quarantine side uh, who are getting tested for COVID. So there's just a lot going on. Especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of lots of things going on right now. Mm -hmm. So what's the average kind of a daily census that you guys uh, right now we're running around eight um, wow. yeah mm-hmm. it's pretty good yeah pretty well we hope to there. continue to increase that yeah. and we're a new program so that's uh, yeah that's great okay mm-hmm. good so what are um what are some of the presenting diagnoses that you see among csu patients and um i, I know there are some wild anecdotes that you could probably tell i want to hear a success story sure yeah um so for diagnoses, we have everything across the board from people with schizophrenia, people who are suffering from depression, a lot of people who have serious, serious trauma, both as children and as adults. So mm. they often will have trauma-related symptoms or even post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, we have uh, people who have diagnoses of substance use disorders on top of all that, too. Yeah. So we pretty much run the gamut. We've seen everything uh, come through the crisis unit. Uh, so... Um, I forgot your question, though. The, the I want to the, the, about the success story. Yes, of course, the <laughs> success story. Um, we have so many. Um, so recently, the one that comes to mind is uh, an older gentleman who did encounter the police. He was unhoused, and sometimes with mental health issues, one of the symptoms is that they don't know they have a mental illness. It's uh-huh. actually a real condition inside the brain called anosognosia. I love that word. (laughs) And it's a great word. And uh, they don't know they have mental health symptoms. And sometimes that means they don't always take their medicine like they're supposed to, and they might get symptoms or they might leave their safe housing where they were for some Uh reason. And so this gentleman had some major symptoms like that, was definitely having some psychosis. So believing things that weren't true, like that people were out to get him. He was also older and had some other medical complications. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was just out fairly vulnerable to many things out in the world. Um, and we ended up with him. And he, he was um, often we struggle at CSU with people being willing to get treatment. Yeah. So we were able to overcome Because they don't have that. to stay there. They right? don't have to Volunteer. stay. It's voluntary. Um, so you kind of got to be willing to stay. Sometimes we have to do a lot of, uh, you know, do a little car salesman bit to, to get people <laughs> to stay. So we were able to do that with him and uh, got him some medical care, got him a medical care appointments. And we were successfully able to get him into a care facility where he has safe housing and is wow. still there to this day. So I, that's one where I think the outcome probably would have been death. So yeah. really bad outcome. Um, and now he's safe and healthy and um, doing well. So that's great. There's a lot of stories like that. I've, I've been looking for some good success. Yeah, stories. that's a that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so how do you measure the performance of the CSU? And and from your standpoint, mm-hmm. has it been a success thus far? Yeah. So a couple of different things. You actually mentioned a couple of things. Um, one one for us is service access. So. Can people get in and get the care they need, and are we targeting the population that we're trying to target? Uh-huh. So you mentioned that in your intro, um, that we are serving people who are justice-involved or at risk mm-hmm. for justice involvement. You know, we work with law enforcement, and we really want 
officers to bring people to our facility, and that is happening. Sometimes it's happening before the police get them, which is also good. Sometimes it's happening after. Um, So we know every person who comes to our unit who gets the care they need, they're potentially avoiding a really negative outcome. That's a little hard to measure. Yeah. So jail, yeah. incarceration, and or, you know. The absence of something. The absence right? of something, a little hard to measure. <laughs> but so, um, or, you know, violence, um, you know, in with officers or an officer getting hurt. So lots of negative outcomes could happen. So we count that in the outcomes category that if we're targeting our population that we're meaning to serve, that's a good outcome. Yeah. And also uh, making sure that people are getting care. So increasing our numbers, increasing how many emissions we have, increasing how many law enforcement emissions we have. We also, um, of course, track what happens when they're there and how many people get appointments for mental health care, get appointments right. for medical care, end up going into safe housing or a um, often a substance rehab facility. Um, and we count those in our outcomes for sure. good outcomes. Beyond that, um, some researchers at UAMS and yourself for <laughs> helping us to track what happens uh, after they're gone if they are going back to jail, if they are going to prison if they are using the ER inappropriately. A lot of times people who need mental health care can't get it, don't know how to get it. Yeah. It's hard to get. You probably don't know how to get it. Yeah. And so they go to the ER to try to get, like, I need my medicine. Yeah. I don't feel good. I, You know, help me. And that's really not a great way to get mental health or care. Or sometimes so. just to have a roof over their heads. Or for sometimes a bit, right? just to have a meal yeah. and uh, somewhere safe to be. So absolutely. So hopefully we're the right place for that yeah. and people are getting the help they need. Great, great. There's some other things we do, like, you know, obviously we ask our guests, how are we doing? So satisfaction surveys, both with our patients that we serve and with the stakeholders and the people that we work with in the community, like the shelters and law enforcement. So we really collect that information and see, you know, what kinds of things we can do to improve care sure, for people. Sure. And anything's better than jail. Right? Uh, that's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just great that we have a CSU to put. Right. Um, so I know that some of the law enforcement officers have been trained in crisis intervention, but how have most officers really responded to this option? Yeah, it's been really, that's one of my favorite things is working with officers. And so officers who end up at our doorstep are just, I mean, I hate to use the H word, but they are heroes. It's a little cliche, but they are. They find people, they're patient. It takes a long time to talk to somebody who is intoxicated or uh, psychotic to get them to get in the car and come with them and bring them to us. And it takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of skill. So the officers who end up at our door are just unbelievably amazing and patient and wonderful. Even sometimes with us where we're sort of like, I don't know what we're going to do with this guy. (laughs) And um, super patient. For officers who are still training and learning in crisis intervention, for example, in in the course that they take, I think there's some curiosity, um, there's a lot of questions, Mm -hmm. and there's sometimes some hesitancy. They did not go in this business to be social workers or to, you know, uh, do verbal de-escalation with people with schizophrenia, but that's what they're being asked to do. The normal course of business is just to take them to jail. Yeah, that's what they were supposed to do. That's what they were trained to do is take people to jail. Um, Sheriff Higgins with Pulaski County sheriff's office told me a year so when he got into office officers want to fight crime and take people to jail and you're trying to teach them to do something else (laughs) so i think it takes some patience on our part to kind of help bring that you know culture around to thinking like maybe for this population we do something different and that's helpful so um there's really a lot of opportunities there to you know continue to work with each other to teach each other about our own organizational 
culture right. and how we need to change to accommodate this particular population. Just that mind flip that there's another option. There's right a little, there. it's a little bit of a mind flip. Yeah. And sometimes they'll, officers will drive right by us to go to the jail, you know, because that's what you do for so many years. So and we're continuing to try to get that so flipped. So what lessons have you learned thus far and how have those lessons been incorporated into improving the CSU? Yes, yeah, so many lessons. Um, <laughs> you mentioned jail, and uh, initially um, we we were serving food. The food was catered by the jail at the crisis oh. unit. Uh, it was a, it was a cost effective solution, um, <laughs> but I hear that it didn't taste very good. No offense to the jail. We love working with the jail, but uh, so we changed that. And that's one great thing we changed because our food is delicious now. Uh, it's uh, now catered by a, a local community mental health center, actually. But uh, other major things we've changed, you know, I am huge on access to care, just like reduce every barrier. And I thought we did, but we hadn't. And huh. so we initially started with like officers calling us or filling out a, a piece of paper. Paper's gone. No forms. No, no forms required. Like it was not necessary. Um, we, we thought it might be helpful to get some information prior, but really officers can like come straight to our door without calling and admit somebody. Yeah. If you call, great. And we can get some information. It might go a little smoother. Um, so we're really just trying to reduce all barriers to care and get that person get in the in. door and yeah. see if we can do something to help. So you've had some lessons learned, but what, what are your challenges that you still face? Oh, gosh, all the basics. Transportation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, a very simple uh, problem. It's, it's hard to solve. Yeah. So, you know, you got to get people to the crisis unit. You got to get people home. Um, but we've done a lot of things to try to counter that. Actually, the pandemic um, resulted in something really great, which is Rock Region Metro has been helping with free rides oh. to and from like clinics and we're included in that That's so great. we've been able to really utilize that so okay. the pandemic's really kind of solved that problem <laughs> uh, i hope that it sticks around transportation's a con constant problem and then we have trouble accessing services in the community too even though we know what to do sometimes it's hard to figure out how to connect people with services after the CSU, yeah. you got to have this kind of insurance or you got to have this kind of diagnosis or yeah. you got to have this kind of drug use or you know it's it's um sometimes hard even for us and we we know what we're doing yeah. supposedly <laughs> so is there anything that has really surprised you about the receptivity whether among patients or the community or officers or you know um i i, I don't know that i've been all that surprised i've been in my career you know trying to kind of like fight the fight get information if you will about yeah. mental illness and Stigma, you know, we are still fighting a lot of stigma around mental illness, a right. lot of misperception about how it works. Officers often will come to us, bring us somebody, and they maybe they sometimes they'll stay four days, sometimes they'll stay four hours. And um, it's hard for officers and the community and even sometimes family members to understand that sometimes it takes two or three or four times yeah. to really kind of get this to work or get enough medicine in you or to get the right diagnosis even. Like it's a... It's sort of a long-term solution. There's no quick fix. And a lot of people really want a quick fix for mental illness yeah. and for behavioral health problems. And there isn't one yet. And um, so sometimes I'm still a little surprised that people don't know that. Mm -hmm. um, so any chance I get, I try to communicate that we just have to be patient. I, and I love it that you said there isn't one yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> still Hope. hopeful. Yeah, hopeful. Still hopeful. Yeah. Um, 
so the the, the four CSUs are, are are now in operation. Yes, You've, you guys have been for for more than two years. I think Sebastian's right around the three year. Yes, mark, that's right. right. Yeah. They sure are. So, do you think that there are some uh, so that CSUs could be an option in, in other areas oh, of the state? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we uh, actually just came from a meeting with the other CSU directors. We're really close. You know, we we all kind of have been open during this pandemic together, trying to figure oh, out. Gosh, oh yeah. my gosh, what do we do now? <laughs> um, so um, they do wonderful things as well, and we hear great stories from them. Um, and what's really unique about it is that, you know, we are crisis oriented. Whatever comes to the door, we try to figure out how to help. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you have insurance, it doesn't matter if you have schizophrenia or depression or whatever, you know, we try to help. Even if that does mean you have to go to the hospital because of whatever reason. Right. So, you know, knowing that like in Mississippi, you know, they have CSUs all over the state oh. and they're fully utilized. So being kind of a similar, you know, populous state uh, down in the South, for example, we don't have any access right. to crisis stabilization units. And, um, you know, we certainly hear that that's a, a problem for those folks down there. So I certainly think that it's a very valuable service to help, um, you know, divert people from the justice system. I mean, that's happening. Yeah. People are in the justice system now everywhere, all across Arkansas and the country um, when they just have a mental illness. Mm -hmm. And um, we know that's happening, and this is one way to, to start to try to tackle that. So, Some absolutely. opportunity there yeah. down south. Um, so I asked about your own theme song, but if the CSU itself and its staff had a theme song, what would that one be? So I did ask our team about this, and oh, that was fun. And uh, so a couple of I uh, got a couple answers. So I'm going to oh, tell them okay. all to all you. Right. Um, so the story by Brandy Carlisle. I don't know if you know that song, oh, but yeah. it's a great, you know, mm -hmm. and it is a great. It is emblematic of a lot of the things that um, our folks kind of sure. experience. Um, other ones with the fight song. Um, so again, oh, yeah. kind of this yeah. idea of we're ready to fight, we're going to help, whatever we can, get information. So that seems to be a theme. Um, Imagine by John Lennon, oh, and my so goodness. like so a lot of our staff, yeah, they were full of a full of it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of our staff are very like want to help, do good, you know, let's do whatever we can to help whoever we can. Mm -hmm. So Imagine's a good one, and the last one, which is fantastic, is we didn't start the fire. And, uh, you know, sometimes we do feel a little bit like firefighters, like, you know, we're ready. We don't know what's coming our way. And, you know, we didn't like the match, but we're, we're going to try to see what we can do to, to put it out. So, That's the best. Love it. Yes. That's the best. All right. So uh, for my final question, um, you're doing some wonderful work at the CSU. Yeah, thank you. Um, and that may be the answer to this question. But I, I do want to know what you're most proud of in your career. Yeah, you know, um, CSU right now does, I do feel really proud of it. And, you know, I'm kind of knee deep in it. So, um, and, you know, we see, you know, so many great things happening every day. So that's very, you know, current and present for me. Um, but, you know, one of the things I'm really proud of is that we were able to stay open during COVID. Yeah. And, you know, our team members put themselves and their families at risk to do that. And I just, you know, I don't know how we did that, yeah. uh, but we did. And I, I'm so grateful to that team for doing that. You know, um, I'm sure they had other options 
Um, but we did it, and we were able to continue to serve people who just had no other option uh, during that time. That's great. I, I know it was hard for It you. was I, hard, I, yeah. I, with my involvement with the CSUs and, and looking at some of the evaluation uh, measures, I immediately thought of this, the CSUs, and yeah. I thought, oh, oh, my goodness, they're dealing with some of the hardest-to-reach populations, right. many of whom are likely infected. Right, yeah. When we didn't know, you know, they were in congregate settings, shelters. Yeah. Coming, been, been in prison or jail recently. So, you know, it was hard to know exactly what the risk w- was. So, you know, we just did everything we could to keep everybody safe. And and, and for the most part, you know, it's fortunately, you know, everybody's been yeah. been safe. And so I'm just really proud and grateful of the team for that. And I was glad to be a part of it. So uh, that's that's great. I, I'm, I'm just very excited about how the CSUs have, have turned out. And, yeah, and absolutely. The, su- the success that you guys are having. I do want to answer... That was supposed to be my final question, but you sparked an, an interest. So are you guys able to administer vaccines? Through your oh, gosh, that's a great question. So I am working with UAMS to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine at our unit so that we can our nurses great. can administer it to our guests as they want to. Of course, there are some logistics around that. It's sure. an easier vaccine to have because it doesn't have to be super-duper frozen. Um, but it looks like we might be able to do that pretty soon and c- contribute to um, helping get some of those folks vaccinated so they can be safe out in the community. That's great. Yeah, That's great. excited well, about that. I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, and my it's pleasure. Been wonderful Thank you. I'm you. always happy to talk about the CSU. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Walks at Work. You can listen to our bi-weekly podcast on our website, achi.net. A special thanks to the Bobby L. Roberts Library of Arkansas History and Art, which is a part of the Central Arkansas Library System for allowing us to use their studio to record. If you have any topics you would like for us to consider, please email us at achi at achi.net. As a reminder, the views, information, and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The podcast does not constitute medical, legal, or other professional advice or services. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode, and again, thanks for listening.